regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular, regular, regular features. Regular features are shown. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast. It's the podcast that's the same every week. Like every week, I am featureless and therefore burdened with the task of introducing the two boys who have bothered to create some content for you this evening. On my left, your right, everyone's underneath, it's Steve Hogarty. Please introduce yourself, Steve. Steve Hogarty, lovely to meet you. (laughs) Thank you. And what have you got about us tonight, Stephen? I've got a feature about a cape that I got, and I'm not going to say it was a cursed cape, but it was certainly imbued with magical properties that turned against me in ill ways. That sounds well spooky. And um, on the other side of town, we've got a Joe Scrabbles. Say hello in the way that you love to say it, Joe. Yeah! <laughs> oh, he's adorable. That's... He can barely get it out, but it hurts. On daily from the Tower of London... It's Joe Scrabble. <laughs> that is the sound of a common raven saying hello to its podcast listeners. Well, the way he interrupted me was quite common, yes. A more respectable <laughs> raven would have waited. And that's a little reference to my feature this week, which is a tour around the most hidden bit of fashionable London, one Soho's Beak Street, which I will be exploring in detail. Later. That Beak Street, off the Carnaby Street, in London's mm-hmm. fashionable Soho, from the 60s. You get it if you weren't from London. <laughs> oh, no. This is but quite I a hope... London-centric podcast, I feel, because we're I all, hope... from, we're, like, we're big city boys. I think all three of us are from London. We're in London right now. Yep. No. <laughs> I, I, can... no, I, I did a whole feature about how I left, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> well, me and Logo are in London, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my pub is spiritually in London. That's why it's so expensive. Uh, not going to lie, probably quite obvious to everyone. Just totally forgot Log had moved away from London there, and I thought you were just forgetting that I'd moved away. <laughs> the guy who's been gone for 10 years. <laughs> I'm like, that guy, clearly a Londoner, but me, I'm out of here, baby. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, we're, we're like three pieces of um, Captain Planet's ring. We will never come together to form anything, and if we tried, it would be some sort of horrible, malformed Captain Planet. (laughs) Call, call like, Captain's Continent or something. (laughs) And he's racist. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Continent hates a lot of other captains. (laughs) For reasons that don't really wash when you start applying logic to them. It's just just a horrible guy. (laughs) <laughs> Captain Continent His only distinguishing feature Is that he does, doesn't piss and shit himself Constantly yes. He's got excellent bladder control <laughs> He can wait until he gets home These ones are hard to do over Zoom because sometimes you really do have to have a good set of storytelling lungs on you to uh, to get through a story on a Zoom call without people having like a, a back and forth, a bit of a... Yeah, like overlapping back and forth, natural. Yeah, it's difficult. Yes. 
Yeah. I also agree. <laughs> Boys is November 9, 9 of November. Um, last week and a week and a half of that ago was Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys get up to anything spooky? Uh, I dressed as a big fucking owl, and I carried around a smaller stuffed owl. <laughs> that was that was what I spooked people with. Really? Yeah. Where did you, where did you keep the smaller stuffed owl? Under my arm. She's called Muriel. She belongs to my mother. <laughs> Muriel. <laughs> we've just got a we've just got we've just got a stuffed owl in our house, so it was very easy. <laughs> <laughs> but you dressing up as a big bigger owl that was probably a more substantial challenge. Well. If if you want to call getting a mask from a free from a press event and going, well, this is an owl's face. So if I just wear a suit, oh, and you, attach... you an owl in human clothing? <laughs> yes, I was wearing okay. a suit, and I attached a sort of feathery-ish old lady scarf to the back of my suit as wings, and then <laughs> I was a big fucking owl. <laughs> That's my that was my costume. Did you have any dress up this year, Lloyd? No, I was working in the pub and. There was there was some kind of plan to do something in the pub, like decorate it out this year. But one of my staff, the the most into Halloween staff member who was going to decorate the pub, had the absolute disregard for her position at my pub as to get a three week position, get a three week job in a career she actually wanted to do for a living. Mm-hmm. So she got oh. she got distracted by a life away from me, and I've never forgiven her. That's fair. There's nothing scarier than. Being losing your friends, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> losing your friends that you pay to be around you. <laughs> I went on a ghost tour of East London uh, with my friend. I don't know if you know him. His name's Gavin Murphy. Oh. He's uh, sometimes on this podcast. It was a pub crawl slash ghost tour of Dalston, Haggerston area, not Whitechapel, because the. Uh, Jack the Ripper tours have that wrapped up. And if mm. they see you on their turf, you'll be fucking haunting <laughs> the alleyways, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I was on the way there, and um, I've got a, a very bad habit of not checking invitations for details. You know, people send you like FAQs and like, here's everything you need to know about the party. It's like, I just rock up and I read that on the train home. <laughs> it says <laughs> to remind myself of what a good time I had with the rules. <laughs> it said fancy dress slash costumes, colon, not compulsory, but encouraged, and there will be a prize for the best fancy dress outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was rocking up in my usual outfit, like my, my ordinary man outfit. The scariest monster of all. Man. <laughs> like the top trumps cards of the uh, the world's worst predators. It's like, oh, I've got Black Widow Spider. It's like, I've got man. I've got a man eating a Black Widow Spider. <laughs> <laughs> These feelings were racing through my head. And I've mentioned this story on the podcast before about a formative memory of mine as an 11-year-old boy going to a Halloween disco dressed as Dracula <laughs> in a bin bag cape and blood on my face and thinking I looked fucking wicked and getting to the uh, disco and no one else being dressed up because mm. everyone is invariably beginning puberty and it just stopped being cool at that moment to be in fancy dress 
and I hadn't quite got <laughs> the stage that everyone else was at, and it really threw my pubescence into hyper-focus in a way that sent me sprinting home with, I remember tears flooding down my face as I wiped off the makeup that my mum had put you on. through the bin bag in your mum's face. I was going to say all the tears were getting caught in your bin bag and causing more and more resistance. It was getting slower and slower and crying more and more. Sisyphus's bin bag. I know there's no point at which you can say the boy in you dies and the man is born, but that was it. Like that night, that was the last time my mum saw her ba- baby boy alive. <laughs> <laughs> like Dracula, you became undead. Yeah. After that, I was a horrible fucking teenager that she knew for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, so with that context, I was texting Gav going, oh, fuck, are you in fancy dress? Because like, I'm, I'm just wearing my ordinary outfit. Uh, Gav replied saying, yeah, I've rented an Indiana, jo- Indiana Jones outfit. I was like, oh, fuck. We're there with a couple of other friends as well. So I didn't want to show up being the only person without an outfit. So you pulled that old bin bag out of the drawer, <laughs> the one you hadn't thrown away. <laughs> <laughs> you just opening the drawer, looking at it like still streaked with white face paint. <laughs> Hello, old friend. Like Batman. <laughs> I knew we'd see each other again. Googled fancy dress stores. And I think on a Thursday night before Halloween, there are only two fancy dress shop places open. And I think, come on, no wonder you're going out of business, fancy dress. <laughs> Isn't every bloody shop in Dalston fancy dress these days? The one nearest to me was closing in like five minutes. I couldn't, couldn't get there, but there was one that was And is a professional theatre supply company. They oh. make costumes for the stage, the West End. And I marked, he had to press a buzzer to go in, and that should have been my first clue. You don't get costumes for a party from somewhere that you need to press a buzzer to go into. <laughs> and four people run out with tape measures and take all your measurements <laughs> in a second. Measuring the distance from your lip to your chin for the precise amount of blood required. <laughs> Five cc's. Stat. Get this man a size 64 goatee. <laughs> They walked in. There were three theatre gays there. Like, these were elder gays. They were Ian McKellen-looking motherfuckers. Oh, fucking lovely. They were these incredible, angry men who stared at me with dagger eyes and says, we're closing in ten minutes. What do you want? Just one like, oh, she wants to be spooky. <laughs> right, that, this was it. I was like, oh, I need a cape and some fangs and stuff. You went for the Dracula? Yeah, it's like a cape and fangs. Yeah, I went. That, yeah, I went to relive the trauma to stare it head on. That's unbelievable. What does that say about you? Well, when I said fangs, he rolled his eyes. I was like, "We don't do makeup." Great. I wouldn't have even called fangs makeup. No, apparently it's not, in theatre, prosthetics. Make, it's makeup. Mm. Capes are upstairs. Follow me. Capes are upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> he marched me up the steps, and he's like, "Here you go." They're about 45 to 60 quid each, by the way. And I was like, uh, okay, okay. 
Do you want some coverage in the Independent? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tech already roundup. thinking. <laughs> Tech roundup. Ten best spooky capes. <laughs> Coming up to I'm gift guide season. <laughs> Do any Fine. of these capes give you powers? <laughs> we tested ten. If I do a feature about this, that means I can expense it through regular features, and it's all fine. Oh my god, this... <laughs> I can't believe we're on to the tax tax evasion portion of the new era of regular features. So I, I go through the caves, knowing I've only got a few minutes to choose one, and my hand falls against this amazing cave. It's absolutely beautiful. It's black... It's sparkly. It's got gold stars embroidered all the way down it. It's got a hood that when you pin it around your neck, the hood pops up like um, Ming the Merciless style, Mm. like that kind of cape. And when you put it on, it's so long, it drapes along the floor like you are some sort of bride of (laughs) Merlin. (laughs) (laughs) He's... He was so wifed up, that dude. <laughs> and I gra- so I grabbed the cape, and then like I walk through, I decide to take a little detour through the hat section, you know, just to make sure to <laughs> pick up a hat on the way out. Um, they had Darth Vader hats, they had... Uh, oh, this place suddenly doesn't sound as classy as I thought it was. No. <laughs> Darth Vader hats as well. <laughs> like, it's missing the whole front bit. It's just like a little... No, it's, it's the bowler hat that Darth Vader wore. <laughs> On his off time. Yeah, when he gets into his big egg and the, the, all his costume comes off, he's wearing a tiny little Charlie Chaplin hat. <laughs> There's a box of fezzes. I reach into the fez, fez box and I grab a fez. And I march downstairs and go, I'll have the cape and I'll have the fez. One of the uh, tertiary theatre gays comes up behind me and says, I'll throw in a magic wand for free. I'm like, thanks, buddy. And he's like, that's going to be 60 pounds, please. <laughs> and it's like two minutes of closing time. And it's like, it's worth not saving the embarrassment by spending this extortionate amount of money on a rental cape. That's a rental cape. Oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's theater costume. Oh. It's not, I don't own the cape. I'd, I'd give it back. So I grab you it. own the fetch. No, I own nothing. It all goes back oh to God. the costume store. So jump on the jump, jump out of the costume studio, jump across the road, jump down the road, and jump back on the overground to go meet Gavin. I message Gavin, and I'm like, right, fine. I fucking got. I've got a costume. What you've got? Magic Egyptian Dracula. <laughs> what? Yeah. So it's like a the, the, the Turkish fe- wizard. The Fez. He's Tommy Cooper, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's like a medieval Tommy Cooper kind of thing. I mean, yes, yes. Now, when you put it like that, it makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) I get to the pub. Nobody's in costume. Everyone's wearing their ordinary clothes. I'm I'm in full wizard outfit. (laughs) Gav says, after composing himself. Gav would, Gav would not have not been laughing at this. Gav would have been fucking creasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I walked in with the full confidence of someone who was joining a costume party, like wh- like whipping the cape around and stuff. 
<laughs> Guess who's here? Guess who's here, everyone? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, I don't know who the fuck that's meant to be, Steve. <laughs> is, is it Moon Knight villain? <laughs> <laughs> so no one's in costume. Gav was joking. Apparently Gav's idea of a joke is to say that you've rented a costume to a fancy dress party when you haven't. I don't see. Maybe it's a Welsh thing. Honestly, his sense of humour. I, would I have honestly been, don't get it. I'm laughing at this situation because it's just so heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> what, with the, the nine-year-old build-up thing? But no, I would have been fucking fuming. I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we go on the ghost tour. There's a lot of people there. And to be fair... <laughs> Got you going on a ghost tour. Yeah, wouldn't it be worse though if he was just going to the pub? Like that would be so much weirder. We go on the ghost tour, and it's it's a great ghost tour slash pub crawl. Uh, they've got like the woman in black who sort of haunts you and runs around and stuff. And to be fair, there were a couple of other people there who are also in fancy dress. More Coincidentally, all as Turkish wizards. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just a real coven Moroccan Merlins <laughs> but so by the end of the night I'm into it now like I'm wearing my costume it's my bit people are coming up to me saying that's great your cape's amazing where'd you get cape it's fantastic and I swoosh it around it's like yeah it's um, I got it from a costume shop it costs 50 pounds <laughs> I need to give it back <laughs> go to the pub get, I tried to get get some wear out of it so I'm like wearing it to the pub Wearing it to the, I'm not wearing it to the shops. I actually did wear it to the shops and wore it on the night bus on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, it comes to uh, return the cape. And I thought I'd give it a quick once over to inspect it for damage, just in case I got, I tracked any mud into it or something. And I feel my way around the hem of the cape. And it's a big old hem. It's like a, probably a 12 foot long hem. Fucking hell. And there's a fucking hole in it. There's a burn Jesus. hole in it. There's a bit of it that's all, burn hole. all like, um, you know, when plastic gets exposed to a flame and it like crinkles. There's oh, a bit that's yeah. like that. And there's another bit that's got a hole in it, like it's been burnt through. And I look back through the pictures I've been yeah. taking last night in the pub, and it's me at a table surrounded by candles. And <laughs> <laughs> you've been fucking wafting and fl- and I've been flapping, flapping my cape around so much that it's clearly caught on a candle oh my god and god that's some slow flapping that you didn't waft the candle out well you must have been really spooky that's with that slow flapping the important thing is that I'm safe because I feel like I could have gone up like bloody Notre Dame if I'd been flapping any slower, <laughs> slower than I was that night. That's magic, baby. I'm panicking at this point. I'm like, what? <laughs> Thinking about those theatre gays, not knowing how much a cape costs. They could name their price. They could say, this cape costs £2,000. This was John Gielgud's personal cape. Right. If it crinkles like plastic, it's probably not in the thousands of pounds. <laughs> I went out to return the cape. Uh, went to a coffee shop and I like, did some work and stuff. I was so in such a panic about returning the cape that I just came back home without returning it. Ooh. And Reese was like, oh, you still got the cape. Did they not take it back? <laughs> I'm like, no, I actually cannot face them. I can't. <laughs> like, I felt I went into a real doom spiral. I could Aww. not bring myself to, to run the gauntlet of, uh, I should have got some gauntlets. 
run the gauntlet <laughs> of uh, giving it back to them and them looking at it and pretending like, do I own up to it? Do I say, look, a bunch of cape or pretend this bloody cape came with a hole in it. I want a fucking refund. I just can't believe how intrinsically tied of all things the cape is to like how how, how terrible you feel about yourself like <laughs> you've now got three separate examples of capes causing you like actual existential problems <laughs> <laughs> do you just weep watching doctor strange just like oh my God. It's, it's just so much him. cape it's emasculating it's him. him again <laughs> it's going for his neck why does he trust that fucking cape? So I hatched a, a plan. There's a dry cleaner and tailors just down the road from me. And I thought, these theatre gays, they may be fastidious about making sure there's no holes in their capes. But I bet you they don't know how long their fucking capes are. Oh, my God. Yes. So I went to the tailor. Can you take this in by six inches? Just literally cut off the bit of the cape that's burnt and sew it all up again. And he was like, oh yeah, I could, but I, I could just put a bit of black material behind the hole and then it would just be, no, 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 that's not, that's not going to work. <laughs> I can't tell you why, but that's not going to work. I don't think you understand the history I've got with capes, okay? It needs to look like I never damaged it at all. <laughs> Fucking hell, Steve. <laughs> Your solution to burning holes in a cape was to chop half a foot off the cape. <laughs> Six inches, half a foot. Oh, that's amazing. So he did it rather joylessly, I would say. I would have thought you go into a tailor's and you're like, oh, I've got, a, and I, I literally said, I've got a fun job for you. Yeah. Um, I've got a magic cape. I need you to fix it. And he's like, all right, what's wrong with it? Does so that magic fix itself? I would, have, I would have appreciated that. Uh, so he gave the cape back to me a couple of days later. Uh, it looked better than the original cape. It didn't drag on the floor anymore, which I think was a problem. Previously, where it was threadbare and a, a little bit worn, now it was just like this perfect finish and it was beautiful. I almost wanted to, to charge them for the job that I've done. <laughs> How, also, incidentally, how much did the tailor cost you? Yes, that's that is a question that he's answering. Thirty-five pounds. So you're nearly up to a hundred quid for this practical joke that Gav played on you. Yeah, ni- I'm ninety-five pounds in the hole. <laughs> I was just wondering how long that cake was originally before. I'm, I'm sure this isn't the first time it's happened to it. I'm sure it's like a beautiful twenty-foot-long <laughs> train. It was like Princess Diana's wedding dress. <laughs> Yeah, it needed seven pairs of flower girls to carry it. <laughs> it was originally a Chinese dragon costume. <laughs> That's right, Joe. I'm £95 in the hole now for mm-hmm. this joke. But what I've been left with <laughs> is a 12-foot long by 6-inch long strip of cape. Which is mine. <laughs> I did say to the tailor, it's like, I'm... I'm Keep give me the strip back, please. I'm keeping I'm not, that. Keeping that. <laughs> I'll put it in the jar with all my teeth and the bone I had removed. <laughs> I dare you to turn it into a scarf and wear it into the costume shop when you return the cape. <laughs> well, this is what I'm going to do, Joe, to recoup my losses and make some money for a charity that I haven't decided on yet. Some sort of theatre charity. <laughs> 
For startled theatre children. Startled gay theatre children with no capes. You're missing missing a trick here. This has got to be for kids who have been scarred by costumery. Like, this has got to be some sort of, like, pubescent teens support group. Anyone who's been dressed up. Okay, I'm going to decide on the charity later. But if you go to the regular features shop, I will be cutting this strip of cape into a number of parts, one of which is going to have the burn hole in it, which is going to cost a bit more. Mm. But if you would like to own a piece of regular features memorabilia, you can go to the regular feature store and buy a strip of the cape that I got trimmed off because I burned it because Gav told me that I had to wear a cape to a ghost tour. <laughs> not, on- not only is this definitely some kind of crime. You're literally selling bits of evidence. <laughs> Any one of you could use this to get Steve into trouble, and that is a simple... That's, that's the trust we hold in our rooms. Right, I've even named the costume shop that I got it from, so you can actually tell them that I've okay, done it. <laughs> I've given you directions to it from Dalston. <laughs> so we're all in this together, right? Omerta. <laughs> features. The regular features. Spooky noise in your ears. Features. A regular features. Ghosts and wolves with teeth. Coming into your bed. Somewhat fittingly, after Steve's faux pas-filled fun, <laughs> I have a fashion update. Have either of you ever been to Carnaby Street? London's Carnaby Street. London's hip hop and fashionable Carnaby Street from the nineteen sixties. Hanging out there in the nineteen sixties, strolling down there in my little mini skirts with yeah. my girlfriends, popping into. <laughs> That's how you know it was the 1960s, because Debenhams ain't even around no more. That's how how ahead of the curve Debenhams was. Uh, I went to Carnaby Street this week to buy a shoe. From Uh, Office, was it? The Office on Carnaby Street. I I buy a single shoe from Shoe, and then I buy another shoe from Dykeman, and then I mix and match. And as you've made clear to those outside of the M25, since the 1960s, Carnaby Street has been the place to cop the latest collards, whore at overpriced haberdashery, and take a Jeremy at a gilet. But have you ever walked to the very end of Carnaby Street and felt the darkening of the brick and the shops getting smaller? What's going on back there? What kind of shops could you find at the end, the ass end of Carnaby Street? Many do not get that far, taken in as they are at looking at big new trousers in an outlet of the Couples. <laughs> but if you do make it all the way down Carnaby, you reach a curious intersection. I don't know if either of you two have ever got that far as I say, but when you get to the end of Carnaby Street towards Soho, there is a street that it links to called Beak Street. Beak Street. <laughs> Beak That's how you Street. pronounce it. 
just off of Carnaby Street, is, as I have discovered, the UK's premier hotspot for bird clothes. (laughs) (laughs) If you've got a peregrine falcon that needs wellies, they've got it. Carrier pigeons looking a bit gloomy? Buy them a little caftan on a beak street. I, hang but, on, I, I know you're on a flow here, but I'm fine. just picturing you now walking down Carnaby Street with Anna, you spying Beak, beak street. street. Now this <laughs> is your internal monologue as you walk in silence for the next four minutes, and Anna's like, why isn't he speaking anymore? <laughs> I, all of that is basically true, except you've missed out the bit where I frantically opened the notes app on my phone and wrote Beak Street and Carnaby Street, good place for bird clothes. <laughs> and the best thing about Beak Street, my brain continued, is that it's run by birds for birds. Geeses sell fleeces to grouses who hawk trousers. <laughs> oh, oh my god, here we go. <laughs> Anna's shaking you by the shoulders. <laughs> Get up! Oh, my eyes have rolled into the back of my head. I'm foaming at the mouth. Uh, those grouses in turn sell to kingfishers that wear thin knickers. <laughs> And swap snide little remarkers about a snipes off-trend parkas. <sighs> Meanwhile, bats try to sell hats, but they're not birds, so people squawk at them to fuck off. <laughs> it's not so much hot couture as hot cuckoo. It's not so much business casual as bussin cormorant. <laughs> It's it's not so much heroin chic as heron chic. Chick. Chick. Chick Chick didn't feel like it was close enough to being about fashion. Oh, you're right. Every other pun felt close enough to the thing that it was supposed to be. Bus in cormorant, yeah. And the thing is, I bet listening to all this, you two think it's pretty bloody easy to run a bird clothing shop and that you could do it better than a bird. I bet you're sitting there going, if a bloody tufted fly gibbon could run a bloody shop about velvet bloody leggings or something, but I could run one. And so let's find out. After I insert a cartridge for a popular game called Beak Street Simulator, being a bird shopkeeper in the year of our Lord 2007. So I'm just going to blow out the dust. (laughs) (laughs) It's just moving out. Saliva in the cartridge. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know it's good. It's as shiny as it can be inside. (laughs) It's just booting up. The publisher was Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft. And the publisher and the developer was a dozen birds. Okay. <laughs> We're on the title screen and we've got a few options. Let me just have a look at these. We've got settings. Any settings you want changed? Oh, immediately go to the resolution. Make sure it's our native resolution for our monitor. Okay. No, sorry. Only setting is bird size. You can choose between tit, goose, and Quetzalcoatl, the, the ancient thunderbird. Wow, I want a fucking Final Fantasy summon bird. Yes. Okay, sweet. Right, back on the start screen, there's law recap, species glossary. This one just says chirrup. I'm going to I'm gonna click new career as bird shopkeeper. Yes. Okay. Uh, oh. Hang on, are there different what? builds? Well, here we go. Is he one, one of the builds? Or? This is the first thing. 
Uh, you've got a choice, a species choice, character select. You could be a curlew sandpiper. You could be a peahen, or you can be a vole in disguise as a grebe. <laughs> well, we saw how they dealt with that bat earlier. I don't want to be a vole that gets sprung. That's kind of mm. nightmare mode. Just get isn't squawked it? at. I'm leaning. I'm leaning peahen. Uh, but what mm-hmm. is the what was the first one? A curlew sandpiper. They're quite tall-legged, long-snouted guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling peahen, like I'm going to go with peahen. I, I love the word curlew, but sandpiper put me right off. Peahen okay. from peahen for me too. Peahen. Okay. Uh, shop type. Do you want to specialise in tiny corduroy hats made of thimbles or denim made of reeds? Mm. Okay, so birds do hang around in reeds, but <laughs> I love that like, you've got thimbles are big in bird lore. Uh, look, <laughs> I'm just doing what a dozen birds and Ubisoft put out, presumably in 2007. I feel like the sandpiper reed build is uh, oh, pretty hack. Is one of the main, main ways to go. Hmm. Uh, we're peahens. We are from the subcontinent. I think that's worth thimbles. Put that fucking Wikipedia page up for peahens. <laughs> <laughs> thimbles, like in the in the colonies, they're always using thimbles to turn pages, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yep. using that long, maybe the peahen thimble, the thimble hats, please. Thimble hats. Mm. And uh, this is just you know just a bit of customization. What's the shop called? Hen tie. <laughs> Because the hen is the bird and tie is a bit of clothing. (laughs) That'll fit so well on Carnaby Beak Street. (laughs) Hen ties and thimbles. (laughs) Hen ties and thimbles, lovely. Okay, I'm just going to press start. All right, here we go, day one. It's Tuesday, November 13th. Um, You have one action before the shop opens, so what do you choose to do? Go to the top window and just squawk. Try yeah. to fly out the window, but bat up against it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, you've taken a minus two to business acumen. Uh, uh, oh, I, I was crowing our wares to the street. Well, I'm afraid... You broke our fucking neck, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve said he's louder, so I went with it. Okay, so it's looking pretty quiet in the simulation. Lots of foot traffic on Beak Street, though. Maybe we'll get lucky. Here comes the mallard. If I hover over him... Oh, you got excited about the mallard. I thought that was a sound effect you were doing. There's <laughs> a mallard furiously knocking at our door. <laughs> I'm just going to hover over him. Yeah, says his mood is would like to buy hat thimble. He's coming up to the shop. He's next to the door. Right, cool. Oh, oh dear, he shook his beak and walked away. I've just noticed, actually, you didn't use your action to flip the sign on the door from closed to open. So no one's coming in. This is a very minute simulation, guys. You have to think about this kind of stuff. So just bear that in mind for tomorrow. But this is day two now, is it? That's the whole no, thing about. No, it's not done. It's not the, the simulation's not done. I just do think that there's the whole thing about Carnaby Street in this area. If you're not always open, people think of you as kind of like, oh, they must be hiding somewhere. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, get I'm, in there. I'm gonna waddle in there with my little flappy feet. <laughs> We've got to hope for more discerning customers than a common millard. <laughs> oh, it's just flashed up burglary. An entire murmuration of starlings has smashed through the front window. 
I'm showing considerable strength than you earlier. Uh, their <laughs> complex flight patterns have once again baffled scientists by taking the form of Danny Ocean from Oceans' 11 through 13. They're yoinking all the thimbles off the hooks, putting them in bags of bags for life made out of yet more starlings. And, yeah, they've flown out the window. We're in the red today, boys. And that is 3.30pm, which is bird bedtime. Shit. Okay. What if we, we stay up later? Day two. Will that fatigue we, us? You'll die. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, shit. They no, no, to, no. They have to stop squawking or they'll die. They're like the opposite of sharks who never squawk. <laughs> and always <Right>. die. <laughs> and always die. Okay, day two. Wednesday, November 14th, 2007. So what's uh, what's your action? Fly into the... Oh, hang on. The window's open. The window's smashed, isn't it? We, so we can't fly mm. into the window. Fly no. outside through the open window and then fly into our door, attempting to open the sign that's on the other side but break okay. our necks on the door. <laughs> right. You do that. Yeah, that looks... Pe- that's, a no- that's minus four business acumen because you hit the knocker. <laughs> I'm sure the force of us hitting the door flipped the sign around to open. It did, but I am afraid to say that in... Uh, bit of uh you know like tutorial type help for day one the game and actually automatically flipped over the sign for you at the end of day one so you've just flipped it back to closed oh, oh. early ubisoft games they're just and yeah well they're helping they're hindering but we don't know which way around crazy french guys is busy out there on beak street as well there's a whole flock of corn crakes and they're shivering up from the head <laughs> clearly want a thimble hat <laughs> but they can't come in, even though the window is still entirely smashed. Because they could just come in through that. But they're very obedient to signage. That is yeah, a fortune in concrete dollars. Yeah, you wouldn't walk through a broken window to get into a shop when it says closed. No, absolutely it's even more not. obscene than trying the door. <laughs> but you know who would? Another burglar! A big human's hand has reached into the shop but it's wearing bird-sized balaclavas on the end of each of its fingers to stop you from being able to trace fingerprints, which is dastardly stuff. (laughs) It's just grasping at whatever it can, and there's an incredibly loud voice from above that's saying, I wonder what's in here, then. I have a bit of whatever's in that bird shop on Beak Street. Birds can't do business, so it's finders keepers as far as this guy's concerned. Oh, it's 3.30pm, that's bird bedtime. I respect that. Off I go with my spoils to a human restaurant. <laughs> what did that you get away with? Everything. All the racks. The thimble hats were already gone, as far as anyone, you know, could really be concerned. But yeah, he's taken all the coat hangers. And, and the little the little stands the thimbles go on. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. little hooks. Yeah. Um, it's all it's it's a wreck in there, to be Do honest. Do you have any more thimbles? Well, you could make them, but you'd have to take another day off, and you are deeply in the red. So there is a chance that we'll get a visit from the turkey bailiffs. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about that just now, because that's too terrifying concept. Well, let's start day three and see what the what it holds for us. Day three, Thursday, November 15th, 2007, and the game flashes up a newspaper headline that reads, 22,000 turkeys culled to stop bird flu spread. Uh, in the Guardian that day, and That's, are they the bailiffs? Are they dead? Well, 
We've got away with it, lads. This game takes place during a major avian flu outbreak from real life, (laughs) which is pretty heavy stuff, but at least the turkey bailiffs are probably in hiding or dead. (laughs) So I guess business continues. So what is the morning action? Fly out the window. Are there any other thimble shops in which we could steal thimbles? Interesting. A little burglary of your own. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sick of being burgled. I think okay. we, per- we fly out the window and perch on the opposite roof of Carnaby Street and gaze around using our peahen eyes, <laughs> which are tuned, tuned to sparkly, beautiful patterns, because mm-hmm. that's what we want to shag. True. And we zero in on the most beautiful prize that there is. A thimble. You fly directly <laughs> through one of those little, uh, like, rectangular toilet windows that open horizontally of Liberty London. You fly directly into their haberdashery department, scooping up thimbles by the talonful, and bring them back. Ill-gotten thimbles. Diamond-encrusted thimbles from Liberty of London. Just round the corner. Off of Carnaby Street, really which is, is near Just Beak Street. <laughs> opposite and, a Leon. <laughs> yeah, right opposite that Leon. <laughs> Liberty's, Liberty does have a lot of peacock patterned mm-hmm. accoutrement and handbags. <laughs> You're feeling pretty good about day three. That is until... I've just spotted it. I've forgotten that I'm meant to be narrating this in as if it's happening. Oh, we've got an NPC I've never seen coming down Beak Street. It's another human, but he's wearing a big hazmat suit and carrying a gun. That, When you consider it from a peahen's perspective, might as well be some kind of fucking battleship Potemkin or something. And, oh God, it's just flashed cull warning on the screen. <laughs> I'm trying to make the shopkeeper flee, but you've smashed his head against doors and windows for three days. <laughs> and we haven't used our action points to eat any bird seeds, so we're lacking energy and acumen. The human's pointing the gun in the window, and we've been culled. We've been culled. Day three, cull. And there we the go. End of it. Big red game over message. It just says, it's tough out there, dot, 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 on Beak Street. <laughs> and that's... That's another successful game of, let me scroll up, Big Street Simulator being a bird shopkeeper in the year of our Lord 2007. Tough break, boys. And like I said, you should never have scoffed quietly, inaudibly, some would say, at the birds of Big Street running their hard knock businesses. (laughs) You've just learned a little of what it's like to be a bird, particularly in avian flu times. Which now, actually, we've got the biggest outbreak, uh... Of all time in the UK right now, it's pretty worrying. The best things in life are free. But my favourite comes out of a bee. I want honey. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. The Queen gives me such a thrill. But it's out of drones the syrup spills I want honey Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, 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 buzz Buzz, buzz, buzz Well that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast If you liked the episode you can go to patreon.com 
forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing per episode. In return for giving us two pounds per episode, you will get access to the Beehive, which is the Patreon exclusive Discord where we all hang out and share honey recipes, <laughs> bee sting cures, and bee sting attractors. How do you attract a bee? How do you entice a bee to sting you? Go to the Discord. You've got to find out if you want to get stuck. Black market and black market and wings. We've pulled off bees. Oh my god! No, then, no. I draw the line there. That's went to black market. It's horrible. John Lewis has never knowingly undersold. Regular features has never knowingly pulled a wing off a bee. <laughs> You'll also get your very own. <laughs> That's our promise to bees. <laughs> Never knowingly did it. We were just <laughs> drunk. Things got out of hand. <laughs> Rocking around. Some wings may have come off. <laughs> you also get your very own B name. We destroy your old human name. We bestow upon you. We christen you with your very own B name, which you will take to your grave. And if you get married, you need to tell the registrar to write down this name. Not your human name, this name. <laughs> you need to tell your wife that... Her surname is going to become your entire B name. It's going to be something like <laughs> Drone from now on. What was that, Joe? Oh, I was just laughing. Just laughing. Great. Boys, <laughs> could you please give a B name to the following new patrons? Please give a B name to Bradley Wilborn. Wilborn? Wilborn. Wilborn. Bournemouth? <laughs> no. Will buzz your balls for a honeysuckle. Will there you go. Will buzz your balls for a honeysuckle. Can you imagine getting your balls just buzzed like that? Surrounded and heated up by a baseball of bees. <laughs> just him, just just six tiny little legs of, of in, imperceptible weight. And then the wings start flapping and you feel it like electricity. Please give a bee name to Robin Moss. I love an idea of a bee ro- Robin Moss. Yeah, that's, yeah. Such, a, that's <laughs> such a little scene we've already painted with just the original name. That's great, Robin Moss. Oh, I love... Can we just call him Robin Moss, but with um, two bees? With <laughs> two bees. Robin Moss, in brackets, it was a bee that done it. Robin Moss for the hive. To keep warm this winter. There we go. That's a nice that's unreal nice, bee that's name. A- it's much better than burgling algae, which is what I've had in my head. <laughs> Please give a bee name to Joe Percy. What about just Queen Shagger? <laughs> yeah. Big D Queen Shagger. <laughs> <laughs> Big D Queen Shagger. What about Big P for Percy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Big P Queen Shagger. <laughs> Queen Shagger's all one word, though. Like it's an old surname. <laughs> Like Big B, Queen drink Shaka. water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please give a bee name to Astrid Reynolds. I was going to just say yank out my stinger and gape in the wound, but gaze into oh the my. wound. <laughs> that somehow got better. But... <laughs> yank out my stinger, gaze into the wound. In there you will find all that you seek. No, fuck that. <laughs> Not right. I like that you give up on B names once you get bored of the story you're telling. <laughs> B B wind. When the crowd says B, shit honey. <laughs> there yes. we go. We're back, baby. 
be named, please, for Calvin Bone. Why do our patrons have such amazing existing names? It seems a yeah. shame to kick them into the grave. Calvin and the Bee Chunks? No. <laughs> <laughs> Beanie M. Bee Chunk Pate. Beanie M. That's nice. Bee chunk, chunk pate. Bee chunk pate is quite nice too, actually. I'd buy that. <laughs> I think it's got to be pronounced pate, though. Oh yeah, pate. Bee chunk pate. Bee chunk. <laughs> bee chunk pate. And finally, a bee name to Kate Gardner. Shut the garden, Kate. There's a bumblebee the size of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact it can fly defies all human yes. knowledge of physics <laughs> with its little one inch wings. <laughs> I'm having really strong and endearing images of it just hovering around three inches off the floor because that's that's how high a dog sized bee could fly. Yeah. yeah. And just scrabbling up it with its front two legs. But it would it would be just to all intents and purposes just a normal dog in the garden. Yeah, that's yeah. like lit about a- as high as it needed to get to get in the back of a car to go to the vets. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd have a ramp for it. <laughs> ramp. <laughs> if you would like your own B name, patreon.com forward slash regular features, or if you want to just join us on the on the Discord, um, there is a now a great video of me. <laughs> tumbling down the stairs and injuring myself actually quite badly <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't 100% recovered from that uh, I may be taking that bruise to my grave and thank you to Jonathan Hughes who took his time out of his day to isolate the one frame of me looking absolutely grim with my trousers around my ankles <laughs> <laughs> so good we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast good night good night imagine Imagine, imagine another episode. <laughs> regular features, regular features, regular features.